Hello, landing page optimization listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash. Next time you browse through iTunes or the Google Play Store on your smartphone, make sure to land on and download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app. Listen to new episodes of LPO every Monday or catch up on all the interviews featuring me speaking with the best and brightest conversion thought leaders of today. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile apps in the iTunes store or via Google Play today. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today I am thrilled to have Joe Polizzi with me, the founder of Content Marketing Institute and author of Epic Content Marketing. Do I need to say it like Joe? It, it actually helps if you do. It helps sales if you, if you make it big and punchy like that. Yeah, I call that my Mexican soccer announcer voice. Da, 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 goal! You know, kind of like that. Uh, I'm with so, you. I like it. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. Well, well uh, folks that don't know about you, give us a little bit of background about what you guys do. Uh, so basically, we're the learning and training resource for content marketing. We focus mostly with enterprise level brands uh, and and content marketing directors and in-house journalists and those type of people so that uh, brands can basically act more like media companies than traditionally selling products and services. So we're trying to help brands make that transition over to what being a media company really is all about. Joe. Uh, this is landing page optimization. My audience cares about conversion. Why should they give a crap? Well, <laughs> well I think the question is, why does she? I don't think they want to be media well, companies. Tell me well, why that's important. Well, I, well, here's the here's the deal. I mean, you are a media company whether you think you are or not. I mean, you're creating content at different portions of the buying cycle. You're trying to get them engaged in your brand in some way. And for the most part, that the kind of content that's going to attract them to you is not about your products and services, but about pain points your customers have and, uh, and, and how you can so- solve your customers' challenges or help them live better lives or better jobs or whatnot. And that's what a media company does. And just because you don't make money directly off of the content, such as advertising or paid content, you're basically trying to make money off your content by selling more products and services. But it just it, it, it doesn't make sense. In the fact that you have to talk less about your products and services, but you actually do okay, to get right. them to get them engaged with you. Okay, so I just want to make sure I didn't have to go s- set up a radio <laughs> antenna or open a, a cable TV station or anything like that. So it's not about kind of traditional when you talk about media. It's as you say, ad supported, right? Uh, it's commercial based. So you're talking about content and the pursuit of your business goals. So let's let's refocus it on that. Um, why is content? important how has the landscape changed in terms of um you know b- before you know i can give you my company product sheet and uh, you might see me at a trade show at my booth and um that's all the content you're going to get why is it different now 
Well, because, I mean, as you know, and we've talked about before, the consumers are in complete charge of the, the buying process. No longer can you say, no, here's how I'm going to engage with you. you know, meet, talk to our salesperson. The majority of the buying cycle is already done by the time they get in contact with you as sales. So you better have done your job getting the type of content in front of them that's going to cut through the clutter and get attention toward what you have to offer. Okay. All right. So so fair point. I, what you're saying is that before they had to come to you for information and now it's much more because there's so much information out there that it's largely self-server as you describe it they're in charge of the buying process so they're only going to engage with you when they're ready to act and if you don't build that uh, you know kind of rope bridge for them to walk across the chasmon they're never going to get there that's exactly right. And you're competing with them. You're not only competing with your competitors, you're competing with other media companies, of course, you're competing with Google. So if you don't have interesting information that's driving search engine optimization, demand generation, or social media, I mean, the best I can say is good luck. Oh, wait a second. Okay, that's an interesting perspective. I'm competing against Google. Tell me how. Absolutely. I mean, it, for example, here's a really good point. I mean, Google is, I mean, they have their own content marketing initiatives that they're trying to drive you. I mean, just think of all the things that get your, that are taking attention away from the stuff that you're trying to sell. It's, I mean, it's everything. Of course, we want to leverage Google, but Google's also a competitor to us because if they go to Google, they're going to see everything else, including the stuff. Hopefully, we're there. So we've got to just be smarter about how we're going to distribute and syndicate our content. Okay, so let's talk about how that maps. I guess there's a, a couple of uh, scenarios. So again, so we're not really talking about brand or we're going to um, you know, have this nicely, slickly produced video of how we're helping you know, some African village get water and cure malaria, not that kind of normal PR crap, right? That, that's exactly right. I mean, we've got to think differently about, I mean, it's a really good, uh, PR crap is a really good example you're talking about. <laughs> who, ca- who cares? I mean, we have to be interesting today. You cannot just be interesting about our products and services because for the most part, for 90% of the buying cycle, your customers don't care about that. So we have to really think part about how do we cut through that clutter so they do care about us and it's not the way we've traditionally gone to market. Okay, so we've been doing it wrong. Uh, well, can, can you give me the outlines of doing it right. What do you think is involved? Well, I, I guess the first thing is, Tim, I wouldn't say that we're necessarily doing it wrong. I think it's just changed. It's just changing the fact. Well, look at all, you know, we had the major channels, you know, let's say 15 years ago in the past that you could go to market and that was okay because our consumers didn't have a choice. Well, now there's 300, 400, 500,000 different options out there for, for them to get in information. So real quickly, what do we have to think about? Is our content filling a need? Is it consistent? Like, are you consistently delivering content at a specific time through a specific channel? Are you talking like a human being or are you talking like an encyclopedia that nobody wants to engage in that kind of content? Do you have some kind of a point of view? Are you removing the sale from that content? Because as we know, the more we talk about our products and services, the less people are apt to share that kind of content. And we know that if we want to get found in Google, we want our content shared on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and whatnot, we can't talk about ourselves. So those are just a few things that I would that would focus on. But Joe, I have this deadly chronic disease. It's called greedy marketer syndrome. I want that bottom of the funnel lead. I mean, I, I got to give you an offer. I have to give you a call to action. And that's, that's fine. All the stuff that you, I mean, you, you're, you guys are the pros of this stuff. All the stuff that you 
that you talk about, about landing page optimization and making an offer. You still need those things, but we have plenty of that stuff for the most part. We have offers. We have products and services that we're trying to get in front of people. But if you go into an organization, specifically an enterprise brand, 90% of the content you have is around your products and services. And we, we've got to uh, uh, make our portfolio, like if you were thinking like a stock portfolio, we're, we're overweight with that kind of content. We've got to we've got to uh, make sure we get a little bit more content toward the stuff that people are actually going to be interested in because that's the majority of what your customers or your future customers are looking for. Okay, so let me get this right: right place, right time. So we, we're not missing. I mean, I don't think you're saying we're not exactly being subtle when we ask for the close or for the call to action on the website or the landing page, but that's not that's necessary, but not sufficient. It has to be first primed with good content, useful content. Exactly. Well, let's say somebody's coming to your site. I mean, how many of those people coming to your site right now are actually looking to buy at that particular time? It's a clear minority of those people. So, I mean, we've talked about this before, but why? let's get a relationship with our customers in the form of some kind of a content subscription, let's say an email newsletter or a regular feed of your blog post that you can build that credibility, you can build that trust. And then once they have that trust, they're more apt to buy from you. And that's what we're seeing with our clients as well. Okay. So what we're really talking about is that you need, um, in Seth Godin's words, back from the permission marketing days, you need permission to communicate with me. That's that's the precondition for all of this. So you essentially need my email or to have me subscribe to the blog or something else, right? You need to have a voluntary permission to communicate. I I think that's a good way to look at it. And Seth was leading the way when he looked at that standpoint. But let's just say instead of I mean, we talk with so many enterprise marketers, they're like, oh, I gotta get the lead in. Let's get that offer out there. Let's get the lead in and then we'll throw it over to sales. But I think a better way to look at it is how do we get that person's information so that we can create better content for them, depending on where they're at in the buying process, create a long-term relationship with them, and that makes the sale so much easier for us down the road. Yeah, so I'll agree with you there. I mean, most people say, you know, uh, most salespeople and organizations say, well, you know, marketing, you suck. You're selling me, you're sending me crap leads and uh you know, the marketing people are saying, well, hello, just because they wanted to hear a webinar doesn't mean they're an MQL or marketing qualified lead. You shouldn't be calling those folks in the mm-hmm. first place. Would you agree with that? That's exactly. Well, and I'll give you an example. I was just on a webinar last week from, and you know, the folks at, at Marketo, and they were saying from their own research, over 90% of those first, uh, those leads that they get aren't get in are not ready to go to sales that they normally would put to sales. Well, it's, so not, it's a, not even a lead. I mean, I would call that a prospect or a suspect right. it's not so this is something that you know uh, people say just give them to me and I can close them but that's not true if they haven't shown the desire to be contacted by you you're not going to close anything right that that's exactly right so I think it's it's a more thoughtful approach as to what actually a lead is and that you can figure out what a lead is more when you're communicating with them over a longer period of time you know what content they're engaging with on your site and off your site and you could say ah the, depending on how you're scoring that lead you could say ah this one's ready to go to the next level and you'll make it you get happier salespeople if you do it that way Right, but but uh, so does that mean that there's going to be an interruption uh, in the flow while you get this other stuff set up? You mean if you don't have this process in place right now? Yeah. No, I I would. Geez, I mean, if you if you just said, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into what Joe says, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing and and just do go this whole uh, other initiative. I think that's a mistake to do that. I think you can 
slowly take a different, we call it an approach to content marketing. It's not like you have a separate department of content marketing set up. You just have to look at it differently where, you know, I'm going to be more thoughtful about, about our marketing. We're going to become the go-to expert resource for this type of marketing, content marketing niche. And that's where it really gets fun and also more difficult because you're thinking, you know, you've got different buyer personas. I see enterprises that are like, okay, here's our content. Here's our ebook or our white paper and we can send it out to, you know, basically all our, all our influencers and the seven people that buy in our process. And no, yeah. that's not true. We want like it that. just for one. No, yeah. you want it for this one buyer. Okay. And this is how this one buyer, this is what this one well, buyer gets. Well, let's explore that. I think it fits, dovetails nicely with what I call the engagement continuum. So we'll be back in two minutes after a break from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Come visit us at AdTech New York, booth number 738. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Hold on to your white hat or black hat. WebmasterRadio.fm is ready to take you behind the backlinks. We're digging and scraping past the surface of everyday news and views of search engine marketing and dropping our proverbial anchor text on the important issues affecting the industry with our panel of search engine insiders. Behind the Backlinks. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. On demand, anytime, inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash. 
an LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today I'm continuing my conversation with Joe Polizzi, founder of Content Marketing Institute and the author of Epic Content Marketing. Sorry, Joe. I can't, just can't stop myself. You can't uh, apologize. Don't, don't apologize for that. I like <laughs> Okay. Uh, I need some reverb on the back end of that, too. No. Um, so we were talking about this, this notion of the right content for the right stage in the buying process and how you don't want to have premature leads uh, going to your sales force. Premature is always bad. Just ask my wife. No, wait. Did I say that out loud? Uh, <laughs> what show is this? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Ruth. No, uh, joking aside. Yeah, so so I, I have this, um, you know, at SiteTuners we talk about called the engagement continuum. When someone shows up on your homepage, they're not that necessarily that bottom of the funnel person. And, in fact, it's highly unlikely. That's why they call it a funnel. It gets really skinny at the bottom. So you have to have kind of role-based recognition or intent-based recognition of who are you, what stage of the buying process are you in, are you low engagement, just don't even know what your problem is or whether we can solve it, are you considering what we have to offer, are you comparing us to, our, uh, to other people or other companies, and then finally maybe you're ready to act. So you have to have those entry points and content supports each of those, right? That's, that's exactly right. And I think that if, if, you, if you're looking at uh, where they're at in the buying continuum, as you would put it, in the engagement continuum, then you can figure out, okay, this is the type of content that they need at this stage versus this stage. And as you know, it's not easy to do. And most of, I would say most enterprises out there don't have a clear like segmentation grid as to which content goes for, okay, where are they at? Are they in awareness stage, information stage? Are they in the purchase, purchase decision phase and those types of things? And it really focus on who that, well, here's a whole other thing, Tim. Do you even have air personas set up that you don't have locked in a drawer somewhere? And if you shared those with your content creators, we don't see that happen a lot where content creators don't know exactly who they're creating this content for. Yeah, and, and again, I have a bit of a uh, negative association with the word personas. I think we're saying the same thing, but personas in my world are those bullshit ad agency things. Like, you yep. know, Mary is a sophisticated cosmopolitanite who likes to go to Soho and, and club till all hours of the night. You know, that, that's completely useless. We talk more about a role and task-based approach where what's your relationship to the site and what's your intention or specific purpose on that visit? Um, I think that's much more durable way of looking at it. I, I think that I think that it's completely fair. Though I mean, I look at it from a publishing lens. So what we see normally is you have a bunch of content creators in your organization, and you may have freelancers, you might have agencies helping you with that, you might have employees. Most of those people don't have even a very basic idea of who the person they're talking to. In a lot of cases, they get here's our keyword, go produce right, right. content and yeah. that's and and, and that's how 90 percent of the content is produced and that's why we have so much horrible content out there so we're really so it, there's a couple of things i mean what's going to change is the motivation of the people through the buying cycle uh the specific thing they're trying to accomplish their level of background knowledge as they get more educated uh, about whatever it is they're looking for and but also i think a, a the amount of information you're allowed to collect and exchange and how valuable it is. I mean, for early stage people, we often recommend just giving them the content and not gating it in any way or even asking for an email. Whereas for later stage people, you have the right to ask for a lot more detailed and personal information. Would you agree with that kind of sliding oh, scale? That's absolutely like if you're if you have top of the if you want to call it a funnel, top of the funnel type of content and you're gating that. 
Like, why, <laughs> why are you doing that? Do you, I mean, do you not want that content to be shared? Do you not want that content to be available? So don't have any barriers with that type of content. But then when you get down there and you get people that are really more interested in uh, some higher quality, more in-depth content, then I think it's okay to get, you know, get that email address, get a few of those things so that you can get them, get that long-term relationship working. And then any close to the, the sale type of content, I would give all that away free as well. So I think it's that mid-stage stuff that I think you can you can put in front of. Oh, that's interesting. So the the, the of course the stuff you're already giving away, like you know, product data sheets, pricing plans, whatever. That's of course you give that away, right? You want Absolutely. them to know that. Okay, mm-hmm. so so there's a little bit, but to get the uh, kind of again at least email or maybe other relevant information, you get that mid-cycle. Well, that's how I would do it. I would also say that, you know, if you have, let's say, for example, that uh, not don't look at the landing. We're talking about landing page optimization, but let's just say you have blog content. I would really ask the question, you know, what is the purpose of our blog? Why do we have a blog? Like for us at Content Marketing Institute, the purpose of our blog is to acquire and keep a subscriber so that we can get them involved in our other activities and hopefully down the line they'll buy something and that's when you get them to those landing pages. But at first, be, don't put 18 calls of action on that page. One call to action, what is that? It's to subscribe. Right. Make it very, very simple for them to do that. So I, I just came back from speaking at the Personal Injury Lawyers Marketing Association and they, all the lawyers, and of course, it's a time-sensitive thing. If you get hit by a car or something, you're going to pick a lawyer within a pretty short time frame. But still, all of them say, you know, call now, free consultation. Okay. And Well, what about the, I just got hit by a car. What do I do in the next seven days survival guide? If I can get your email in exchange for that and then hit you with, with daily useful educational information, of course you're going to think of me when it's time to call, right? Absolutely. You know what? It's, and it's not right. We're not talking about rocket science here. We're just thinking about most of us think our products and services are so, are so amazing. It's like, why wouldn't anybody want to get yeah. them? And self-explanatory. Really yeah. And self-explanatory is like, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I think what, what's missing in, in most of the, the, the reason companies don't think the right way about content is they're thinking about their company. They have an inside out view of the world is here's how we are. Here's our functional divisions. Here's our product line. So that's how you think of it. But the fact is, you know, the visitors bring their own garbage and their own baggage and their own set of completely unrelated stuff to the task, their own anxieties and fears about it, whatever the case may be. So you have to kind of consider the totality of the visitor, not so much about how you want your company represented. No, that's a great point. I mean, we, we start like this, the first phase of when we talk, when we're talking to the client of some case, we're always saying, you have to understand that you're that your uh, customers and prospects, they don't care about you, your products and services at all. And if you go out with that lens and really feel that way, you look at your marketing completely different because then you, you take that different approach to it, which is a more thoughtful content marketing approach. And I think that's the only way to go today if you really want to get more subscribers to your content. Yeah, and and that's uh, you know, and, and what's important is then to, to smooth call them into the next appropriate thing. Okay, so if you see that they're downloading uh, stuff that's anonymously even on your site, somebody's been downloading stuff about uh, the early stage, well, then you basically, in those downloads, you should have the call to action to take them to the next stage. You don't, again, ask for the close prematurely. It's just these little micro-conversions that slide them down the funnel, right? 
That's exactly right. It's unbelievable. We did, I mean, honestly, we did a horrible job at this years ago because we didn't look at that at all. And then we started to say, look, if somebody's in the planning stage, where are they going to next? And if somebody's in the measurement stage of this whole thing, where do they go next? And if you really think about those stages a little bit more, and it's not perfect, but we have a, if we understand our customers, we have a better idea of that. And that's great. Then you know if they're in planning, you know the kind of material they're going to want to go to the next stage. That's right. All right. Well, um, we are going to take another break. And after we come back, Joe, I'm going to, uh, pardon the pun, unearth your your dirty past. Uh, I understand that you were like uh, Mr. Six Feet Under and uh, have some macabre tales from the crypt for us. If you want to go there, I'll we'll take it to a place where nobody wants to go, but, but let's do it. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Our hosts, James and Arlene Martell, are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Affiliate Buzz, on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And today I'm continuing my conversation with Joe Polizzi, author of Epic Content Marketing, 
and founder of Content Marketing Institute. Joe, you come from seriously a six feet under kind of family. Your your whole family's been involved in the mortuary business and you grew up around this stuff, right? I, I did. Uh, when I was a young kid, I mean, I, that's where we would go. I'd be running around the funeral home and uh, my grandfather was a funeral director, my uncle's a funeral director, and I worked on and off at a funeral home for about four years. So sure. we could Take it wherever you want did, to take did, it from did, there. Did this scar you for life? What's the What are some of the grossest or most vivid things you remember from those days? Oh, do you, I don't know if you want to go there. <laughs> well, just all. give me a couple. <laughs> I mean, I'll, so I'll tell you. This is this is well, this is not too grody, but the I mean, the first when I had to go for my first pickup. So this is the first. You know, we got a call. Somebody passed away. I had to go to the house, and the first one actually died on the toilet. So I had to. Oh. So they were still there when I got there. <laughs> so that was that didn't scar me necessarily, but I uh, I had a, no, a whole new appreciation for the job. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to veer right back to content marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do uh, that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, we we were talking a little bit about um, you know how to. Uh, so the, what? Let's talk about just the nuts and bolts of doing this. Just broad strokes again. Um, how do you come up with a content marketing strategy? What are the steps to even do that? I assume you need one. Well, I, I absolutely. I mean, well, let's first. We just did the marketing institute marketing process. We just had our fourth year of research around this, and what we found out is again the majority of businesses out there have no defined or documented content strategy, which what that means is we're filling gaps with content and we don't have any business objectives behind it, which is scary. Mm, I it's agree with you there. Completely blows me away. So, and by the way, it makes sense if you think about it because nobody said, oh, you have to, you know, you have to be a publisher. You know, you should have a journalism or a storytelling background. I mean, most marketing people, we didn't, we weren't taught that in school. We weren't taught that growing up through traditional marketing. So it's, it makes, it makes sense that, oh, now we've got all these, there's no barriers to entry anymore when it comes to content marketing. Let's just create lots of content. What happens? And that's where a lot of businesses are, even though we've been in this in this industry has been around for a hundred plus years, but we're still at this point, very early adoption phase. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so what what are the key of points of an, uh, a content marketing strategy? I think the first thing is, and we talked a little bit about it, is is really define who you're specifically who you're talking to. I mean, the most effective content marketing strategies actually have there's there's a dozen small little different content strategies within the bigger content marketing approach. So really figure out who is that person, whether you want to call it a persona or not, I don't care. I mm. mean, just figure out who, you know, what are their informational needs? What keeps them up at night? How can you take them to the next level? Really understanding that as a starter. So and segment your communication. So if you, you know, you might have the end user of your product or service, but you might have the financial buyer who has to sign off on the big ticket purchase in the first place or something. So they're a separate kind of role in the process, right? Ab- absolutely. Well, mo- what most people do, Tim, is they jump to channel strategy. They'll jump to, oh, how are, you know, how are we going to use Facebook or how are we going to use LinkedIn or how are we going to use our website when we have to back it up a little bit and say, okay, for this person, you know, who are they? Where are they hanging out on the web? You know, how can we, then how can we really figure out where, you know, how do they buy? Are we talking to them? There's another thing, Tim, that what we find out, and if you, if you believe in actually a solid persona creation, most uh, agencies that do this kind of stuff, they never even talk to customers. We, we live in a, in a world of hunches. 
oh, this is what I think they do. And this is what I, or we use social chatter and we use some surveys, which is fine. But if you're not talking to customers, I think marketers at least every month, they need to talk to five or 10 customers a month. Yeah. And I think that also prospects and to, to understand that they're in the wild. This is something that I've been uh, learned from usability testing years ago. You have to see them in context. You can't, you have to go to them. You can't talk to them or survey them. They're going to tell whatever you want to hear or whatever, uh, whatever they want to tell you anyway. But if you just see the reality of it, you're going to glean all kinds of insights. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. And the, the last thing that I would say on this, Tim, is the fact that I, I really believe this. Some people disagree with me, but I believe that if you're really focused on who your buyer is, how can you be the definitive go-to resource for them? I truly believe that that's an opportunity. We can do that today because there are no barriers to entry. So it's really, once you figure out who your customer and prospect is, how do you define that content niche so that you are the go-to resource? I'll give you an example. It's not, let's say that you're in pet supplies. Wait, are you going to be the, the leading informational expert on pet supplies? Well, I don't think so because you got PetSmart, Petco, and you got companies spending billions of dollars around that. But could you be the leading informational expert for you know uh, elderly Americans from the uh, from the southeast that like to travel with their pets, and you can be the solution provider around that? Yes. Yeah. Or, you, or, or, you know, or I mean, we just got a couple of kittens about six months ago. And, you know, one of the things that I was warned about was just, you know, crappy cat food. So you could be the expert on, you know, the lies behind what's in cat food. It's ground cornmeal. Why would you feed uh, a carnivore corn? Doesn't make any sense. But, you know, so if you just focus on a narrow niche like that and you're saying and just own it. Right. Oh. Oh, absolutely. Own that niche. And it can be done today. But I think you have to have that mentality that you should be best of breed. And then, boy, does I'll tell you what, it makes everything so much easier, Tim. I mean, what we found out is that somebody that signs up for our newsletter and gets our regular content for at least six months, that's where 80 percent of our revenue comes from. They are a subscriber and they have engaged in our content for at least six months and then they're more apt to buy. They trust us. They complete, They see us as the go-to expert. I think if more companies looked at it that way, it would make everything you're talking about and you evangelize about that much easier. Yeah, and, and so I think that uh, that's really key about owning the niche. And if it has to be super narrow, that's okay because it's a big wide world out there. And one of the things that I've told people in the past with regard to communicating about conversion is that it's okay to completely alienate your non-audience. Yeah, because who cares? Because who cares? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like if you look at the, the last elections, it was, you know, all that political advertising. Everyone's like, I'm so sick of that or I disagree with that or those, you know, horrible liberals or those horrible conservatives. They were just talking to the undecideds in Ohio. They didn't really care what you thought. You already made up your mind. That's right. I mean, if you want to be loved by everyone, you will be loved by no one. I mean, yep. let's just put yep. it that way. So you have you you have to just focus on who that buyer is. Yeah, Absolutely. you have to stand for something, and you have to have a point of view, like you said, and you have to really speak to your audience and it, it basically just have blinders on with regard to how anyone else reacts to it. I love the point about taking a stance. Good friend of mine, Doug Kessler, who works at Velocity Partners in the UK, he basically said he does not launch a content strategy or focus on that with his client unless they take a hard stance one way or another. Because you're not going to get any attention if you're vanilla. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're just going to get tuned out. Yeah, yeah, I heard it all before. Well, I know we could keep talking, and Joe, I'd love to have you back on the show, but I'm afraid that we're out of time for this mm. segment. Uh, if folks want to reach you, what's the best way to do that? And is there anything a month or more out that you want to mention uh, in terms of events? 
Oh, yeah, we'd love to. I mean, uh, any information that's Content Marketing Institute, we do our two big events uh, every year. They're called Content Marketing World. Our next one coming up is in March in Sydney, Australia. And then the big international event is in Cleveland, Ohio, September 8th through 11th. And you can go to contentmarketingworld.com to find out about that. Fantastic. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have. Thank you, loyal listeners. And we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.